Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host. My name is David Almeida. Every week, I like to sit down with a friend, an actor, or an artist from the Central Florida arts community. We watch an episode of the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Then I hit record, and we synopsize the episode and use it as a springboard to talk about anything and everything that we can possibly think of. This week, my guest is Logan Benedict. Logan is a musical theater guy. He is a leading man's leading man, tall, dark, and handsome. Just It just makes you sick, really. Anyway, look for pictures of him on the website, and you'll see what I mean. It's just, it's come on. Could, could you give some of us a chance here, really? Anyway, Logan is really fun, and he's actually one of those great, super handsome guys who's also very goofy and funny, and I really, really had a good time with him on the show. Logan and I watched Season 3, Episode 19. It was called New York, New York, and the original air date was March 3rd, 1982. I think I'm all ready to jump on in. Let's face the facts with Logan Benedict. We were just listening to our mic check, and <laughs> Logan said, that sounded like we were setting up for a weird sex thing. I mean, wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's listen to it again and see what we think. So that is adjustable to height. It is also angled. That's why I put the yellow dot there for oh. you. But if you look, it's actually angling up a little bit. But So the dot is where I should aim The dot voice. is where you should aim your voice. That's actually, I, I put it there oh. thinking that's probably about right for you. You, you like it like... Uh... Yeah. And if, you, if you're not going to talk loudly at me, mm-hmm. then leaning in is good. Mm-hmm. Like this. So that'll be for the extras. Yeah, the, the sex part's the extra part. Yeah. <laughs> story of my life. <laughs> that's usually where I get it's, an extra 50 bucks. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh. Yeah, story of my life. It's, it's never standard. It's always an option. <laughs> And usually I have to pay extra. Uh, that's that's on my Tinder profile. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Logan Benedict. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to finally have you here. We've tried to uh, coordinate a few times. And true. There have been a few snafus, a hurricane or two, and other yeah. things like well, that. Well, it wasn't really a hurricane. It never really actually showed up. It, ish, yeah. I mean, I feel bad for everyone else except Central Florida. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, they get it bad. We're, we're all like, phew, well, good thing that wasn't a problem. Yeah, I just got but fat. It was, oh... <laughs> I, I put on my Facebook, I said, oh, hunker down? I thought everyone said hunger down. Hunger down. I thought they meant eat a lot so that you keep your hunger levels down mm-hmm. in case the storm yeah. takes our food or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anywho, what we have uh, here, we are, you're actually set up making a video. Are you recording us right now? I am. You I'm are? Actually, yeah. I mean, I... Uh, Sometimes I do my own videos on something called Instagram. Insta what now? Instagram. Okay. Um, and I thought, you know, if we're doing an, an entire episode together, mm-hmm. that I should take some of the best parts of that okay. and condense it into 60 seconds. Okay. So well, that's it's the mega mix of our podcast here. That's great because I promise you, of everything that we record here, there is probably... 60 quality seconds. There's at least 60 good seconds. Also on my Tinder profile About, as well. <laughs> Logan Benedict, at, at least, least 60 good 60 seconds. 60 quality <laughs> seconds. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. Well, uh, great to have you here. We only recently discovered that we don't live very far from one another. It no, was... and the way I found out 
was oh that's right yeah we, is, there's a story i forgot yeah, yeah. I, I forgot where i was going but i was pulling out of my driveway and i almost ran over a person on a bike mm-hmm. and i said what the fuck is this guy doing and and i realized i was like hey i know that fucker <laughs> yeah. i mean i mean that very nice guy that, that nice, almost that, i almost that, ran over yeah and then i get a text on my bike and i see hey did i just almost hit you on your bike are you yeah. wearing a red hat and i was and i realized there was an intersection where i was uh coming down the street and there was a point where it was like oh didn't quite see that there was a car there it was kind of a blind thing yeah it was not my perception that I had been close to death. I yeah. felt I felt like it was like, oh, hi, car. We, we right. adjusted accordingly, and clearly no one was hurt. Well, it's it, that's good because, um, yeah. Because you, I don't you have feel in- like you almost killed me. Right. Clearly. And I don't have insurance, so oh, that would have just, you know, you would have to pay for your own I would, or broken leg. take it out of you in other ways. Well, I mean, here just I am on the podcast. Uh, yep, this is my go. payment to you. This is <laughs> yeah. for the attempted injury. I think uh-huh. that is a legal term. Uh, yeah, so I was like, well, gee, you you got time? You live close by? Get over here. Please. I feel so much guilt for how many people that I work with at the theme parks that live down that way, down near the theme parks, which is, I mean, it's a good 30 to 45 from here. Well, and because of that, I have absolutely no excuse. So when you said, can you just hop uh, over? I said, <laughs> God damn it. No reason. <laughs> yes. I don't know how to say no. No, I hear it. Shit. Yes. But it, it's a kill, bird, uh, kill a bird with two stones. Is that the thing? Yeah. Is that the line? Yeah. Yes, because I is. can film this. And we, we both get a thing out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, eh. Joy of each other's company and that uh, uh, that's we got to watch a show together. That's ancillary, really. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So we did just watch a show. We watched The Facts of Life, season three, episode nineteen, entitled New York, New York. That's how they say it in the fancy part of New York. They, New New York. New <laughs> York <laughs> That's more all aboard the train for New York. For New York. <laughs> right now leaving Bangor, Maine. <laughs> Hasn't been a train here for over 35 years. <laughs> well, that was part of my, one of my first observations is I actually was like, we're talking about New York a lot. Uh-huh. And nobody has a good New York accent. I mean, not that I do. You don't think Joe in the show had a good New York I accent? I mean, um, I'm, not, I'm not an acting teacher from the 80s, but, oh. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not sure yet. So before we start uh, getting into the show show, I always like to ask my guests if you would please uh, give me a one to two sentence quick synopsis of the show, kind of like you might have seen in the TV guide listing in the day. Sure. Joe and Blair return to New York, New York to find out that they've never really left. That's it. Ooh, beautiful. See? I, 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 I try to keep it short and sweet. That's great. We uh, another that. description of myself. Yeah. <laughs> short and sweet. We're going to keep going back. We're going to keep... That's the callback mm-hmm. for the show today. Yeah, is the, I'm not talking about time. Hi-yo. Nope. 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 My penis. Um, and uh, then before we get into the big part of the show, we're just going to uh, get a little bit of background. You and I talked about this before we right. started recording and actually watched the show. Talk to me about your experience with this show if any did you watch it when you were younger well and that was what we talked about is is um while i know the show the show existed and i know um that it's a very popular show uh at the time i was more into shows like 
silver spoons, um, with, with family ties. Punky, do you say Punky, Punky Brewster? Brewster? Well, and I thought for a second that Joe was Punky Brewster, but at the, but Punky Brewster was she even born yet at the time? Um, Punky, yes, Punky Brewster started in '84. Two years after so Punky, this episode is, we're in '82 right now. So Punky could could be Joe's uh, younger sister. Yeah, or her very like teenage, yeah. teenage mom baby kind of a thing. Well, but you I, thought that you thought that Nancy McKeon looked like Soleil Moon Fry. Yeah, and Soleil Moon Fry is one of my lifetime crushes. Is, it, is she really? Yeah, and and I just found out this week. I thought a Treyu from. Uh, from the Neverending Story, okay, was a girl, and so I had the biggest crush on Atreyu, literally until probably I was seventeen or eighteen. Uh huh. And found out that Atreyu was a boy. Oh. And I had a lot of things question my sexuality, but uh, I think our Logan's <laughs> a queer. <laughs> but especially, especially the Neverending Story, and uh, because Atreyu was an attractive, well, boy apparently. Mm-hmm. But I found out the hard way. Wow. I think Soleil looks looks like like a gorgeous Alanis Morissette. You're you're right. She totally is. Yeah, she's she's pretty. You live, you learn. <clears throat> Sorry. You live, you learn. <laughs> yeah. Is that your uh, Mrs. Garrett? No, that was. <laughs> it's not very different, right. is it? <laughs> is it? <laughs> Girls, I have some advice. You live, you live, <laughs> you learn, you learn. It's like a black fly in your Chardonnay. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so you never really watched this show. You were like you said you were aware of Facts of Life, but you technically had never really sat down. Right. Yeah. I, I, for some one. reason, I don't know why it wasn't one of those shows that were that was rerun over and over again, like Mash. We talked about Cheers. Yeah, um, but it was on. I mean, it was on Nick at Night. It did. It did make the rounds, and there are people who have been on the show who did catch it then. But you know, it's. Not really your demographic. Well, and it was weird because listening and listening to some of your podcasts and and hearing the other Logan talk about it, the gay Logan. I'm the straight Logan. You're the straight Logan. <laughs> I'm the straight Logan with with a bachelor's in musical theater. So get that right. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. And but and I the, and the podcast isn't <laughs> over yet. And we're both 37, but he for some reason he'd watched the show and I never had. It's still not streaming here, but it runs every morning on both uh, Logo and. Oh, this logo logo is the gay the gay channel. Oh, really? Interesting that you would know that, Logan, as a heterosexual <laughs> male. Hmm. I only watch it when I'm listening to my um, musicals on, um, on vinyl, musical theater. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, it does. It does still run on cable, oh. so it is still out there. You can still uh, watch it. Um. So interesting. So I had the distinction of presenting you your very first episode of Facts of Life. And it's interesting because this is a, a typical show, but it's also a very atypical show, mostly because the locale were not at the school other than the beginning. It takes place uh, in the city in completely foreign locales and introduces right. us to two new characters whom we never see again. And Wouldn't me... that just be like the greatest thing as a young actress and being like, I'm making it big. And I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the the new best friend on the facts of life for, for one episode. For one episode, and then all of a sudden <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, God, I was such a bitch. Wap 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 wap. So we're ready to jump in and start synopsizing this biatch. Mm. Let's do it. Synopsize a word. Absolutely. It's the 
verb form mm. of a synopsis to synopsize. So am I not non-synopsized? But I, I don't know. I was play play on words with circumcised, but it's enough. Oh <laughs> wow! Are 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 you synopsized or not? Uh, well. <laughs> Since you brought it I up, I am Jewish. Actually, you... <laughs> no, I'm not. But, uh, but I am synopsized. You are synopsized. Okay. About me and my penis. Like, well, like many of us Gentiles are, just because it was all the rage in the in the, in the 80s, in the 70s, in the oh, 60s. True. In my like case, a good old synopsized penis. It's like all cleaned up, like a nice haircut. <laughs> Scott Thompson did a funny monologue about it on the Kids in the Hall. Oh, that, yeah, I remember that was a good one too. <laughs> yeah, because mm-hmm. it was it was just mom, dad, doctor. I want my foreskin back. I should do this as an audition. I should fucking steal this as an audition. It was taken from me without my permission. Wait. They say you lose up to 80% of the sensitivity in the head of the penis. The mind boggles. <laughs> you know, sorry to take a tangent on foreskins. Um, so a long time ago, I was doing a show... Um, and one of the guys in the cast, we were getting into an argument about, about foreskins. Okay. And, about denying, and, denying and, their existence. And so or... I, I'm synopsized and he's not. Okay. Yeah. And, and he was like, well, you know, you know, I think that's fundamentally wrong. I don't think you should be allowed to make that decision for children. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And so long story short, we agreed and disagreed. And now he writes, he's like a, like a head psychologist for Yale University and he writes all of these articles about about how wrong it is mm-hmm. to um, to cut or not to cut and to, to make that decision mutilate. For, to, be, to mutilate a mutilate penis. a baby without yeah and um, and I I always want to think that it's my fault <laughs> you <got it. laughs> that that he's devoted his whole life to preventing penis mutilation wow so Logan the, Benedict, his penis inspires careers. Yeah. His penis inspired yeah. a movement. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be the but first time. It's uh hi oh. But um yeah, but I mean and I kind of so you didn't you disagreed with him. All he, I, all it, I said was I don't remember so why does it matter? Oh, okay. Um you I, I totally get that point of view. And there is a documentary that came out in the 90s. It was a very low-budget homemade documentary about circumcision and, you know, taking different standpoints mm-hmm. and stuff. And I'm fairly sure there was a guy there who he talks about from a psychological standpoint. We carry, if, you're, if you've ever been in therapy, you know, we carry all the scars, all the things that we had happened to us in our childhood. It's all with us. It's all in our brain, even if we don't know it's there. And on our penis. And on our penis. Yes. <laughs> well, no, not no longer. Are, well, and yeah. then I have a scar there. Well, the scar, true, as, right. as don't we all. Mm-hmm. But um, the thing is, it's like he talks about that he believes he still carries trauma from his circumcision, from that moment. Like, he, he believes he has traced it all the way back to that. Well, I mean... If that's the case, then, you know, I, I'm i sorry for that guy. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't remember. Bad. And the thing is, if I lost 80% of the feeling, yeah. God, for you know, know, God knows what would happen to me if I we, still had that 80%. Exactly. We wouldn't be here. I, I, yeah, I'd still be at home right We'd now. We'd be at home. <laughs> but <laughs> You have to do that into the mic. Good. And uh, mm-hmm. well, I did. But, oh, I know, but really get up in there, yeah. because that was Get up and I, do that <laughs> as in you want me to stand up and... 
No, because I, because I, I, when I play this back, it'll, you know, it'll. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. You're welcome, America. Yeah, that'll be my new ringtone. <laughs> and when people go, huh? You miss? Yeah. Oh, that's just uh, my, that's my friend David. <laughs> yeah, don't mind. <laughs> so let's get to synopsizing the episode, Logan. What well, about me? Uh, we begin the episode in the parlor. And, uh, oh, oh, sorry, got to stop here already. Right. As far as we begin the episode in the parlor in yet another episode where most of the show does not take place at Eastland. This is the third of three episodes where we go to New York and spend a chunk of time there. And like I said, I've wondered if there was some sort of a tie-in with New York City that the network was trying to do to portray... Maybe they I don't were trying know. to get more tourists there because that was also a time where New York was awful. Yeah, and the "I love New York" yeah. that campaign was just kicking off, but it was still tough. When did that T-shirt come out? The "I Heart New York." Um, I believe we researched it, and it was seventy-seven or seventy-eight. Oh, so we're like getting into those years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're and this is eighty-two. So yeah, this is yeah. this is in the heart of of the "I Heart New York" campaign. Yeah. But it's still. A crime-ridden shithole. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you could also put it's the money. Still a crime-ridden shithole. <laughs> also on Logan's yeah. Tinder profile. <laughs> Talking about my butt. We're doing. <laughs> we begin in the parlor with Mrs. Garrett skiing, pretending to ski, and singing a weird song to herself. Well, and I, I and thought then, it was a double hand job. Oh no, no. Oh <laughs> no. Does that make it into Is, the cut usually? Yeah, the double that, hand jobs. The double. <laughs> It can. It can. I it mean, can maybe see. this week. Yeah. I mean, if, if that's how you do them, then okay. Then yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's like skiing. To each, to each his own. Yeah. I didn't gather that she was going on the trip. Did you? What we gathered was that Tootie and Natalie were going away for a skiing weekend. But then why did they go to New York City if they were going to go? Blair and Joe go oh, to New York City. Oh, see. So this oh. must be... It, it's still a two-day weekend. It would have right. been it would have been more interesting, or at least made a little bit more sense if it had been a three-day weekend, like you know Labor Day, Memorial Day, or something, right. where we would go for a three-day weekend, which would precipitate making some type of a trip away from the school. Do we know how far away they live from New York City? They're in Peekskill, which is about an hour oh, okay. by train. Okay, from what so, I understand. Okay, and um, so the the opening scene serves little purpose other than to get some stuff in for Tootie and Natalie. And mm-hmm. here's here's the, the long and short of it. Mrs. Garrett does some funny physical stuff about the skiing. Right. And then Tootie says, gee, it's going to be fun. We go away for the weekend skiing. And then Natalie comes in and says, I don't want to go skiing. And Tootie's like, why not? And Natalie says, I found your old lift ticket in your pocket. And Mrs. Garrett reads it. And it's a disclaimer about if you get injured... All these different types of things can happen and go wrong. Mm -hmm. And Natalie, they never play up the Jewish thing with Natalie. Oh. They never really ever went there. She's definitely synopsized. She's Jewish. (laughs) Um, But the thing is, the... The, there is that I, I'm maybe I'm flashing back to it. There's an old Buddy Hackett routine where Buddy Hackett used to talk about Jews don't ski. No, that we just we we or break play things. sports really. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, but they're there, funny. There is <laughs> they're they're good with money though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, 
the, so they're not explicitly there. There is a sense of Natalie kind of becoming the the, the Schmendrick here, the becoming that from the, the last unicorn. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Of Natalie saying, I, I'm i not going. I'm not going to get hurt. People get hurt. This is terrible. And, uh, suddenly she's kind of like a Woody Allen mm-hmm. sort of a hypochondriac. Things can go wrong. I'm not going to. It's like, well, of course. It's fucking skiing. Yeah. So anyway, she's not sure she wants to go. How is it resolved? I don't remember. Oh, Mrs. Garrett gets to fix the situation by saying, uh, I'm not going to do the voice that much. <laughs> we'll get plenty now. of it. Actually, I guess I should you do the gotta voice. You got to do the fucking voice because she's not she's not here for the rest of the show. Yeah, she says, "I remember the first time I went skiing, <laughs> and I hit a stump and I twisted my ankle." And Nat- oh, that's what and it Natalie's was. You're like, right. "See, see, people get hurt. People mm-hmm. get hurt." And Mrs. Garrett's like, "And the really handsome ski instructor carried me back to the lodge." Yeah, and then then the what, what's the and other girl? Blair name? comes in and says, "Oh, I remember. I had a ski instructor right. once. His name was Lars." Mm-hmm. And Natalie is all handsome ski and ski lot lot. So suddenly, Natalie, who is the horny one? We've also played up that <laughs> that Natalie is the boy cra- boy crazy is the oh, term they boy use. Crazy. But Natalie's the horny one. Mm-hmm. So Natalie very quickly starts whistling a different tune when it's like what. Every show needs the horny one. And then the next part of this scene is Blair and Joe coming in, preparing for their trip to New York City. Right. And what do we have? Joe with one duffel bag and Blair with a mountain of luggage. We've talked about that before. Take only what you need to survive. (laughs) (laughs) When you have a rich person and you want to convey that they're rich, a mountain of luggage, comedy evergreen. But also, I love that you can tell that there's nothing in them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could tell they're, that they're, they're very Luke. light. This yeah. is so heavy. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Classic That's acting. True. So very quickly, we gather that Blair and Joe are going into New York City for the weekend, and Joe can't wait to get back to the old neighborhood, and Blair can't wait to get back. And as typical with Blair and Joe, they very quickly end up somehow arguing and insulting each other. So Which were really red hot zingers yeah they were um before blair came in joe was talking about how she loved the way people i don't know how they get it but tootie and natalie are kind of like trying to say hey we could kind of act street and they kept saying rank out what is rank out rank out that's not a term i i've heard i mean i was alive in the 80s and i don't remember that term yeah to, to criticize, demean, or complain about someone or something in a petty or naggingly critical manner. The boss ranks out anyone who disagrees her with her in front of the entire office. My parents ranked me out a bit for what had happened, mm. but I was expecting it to be much worse. <laughs> Ranked out. Ranked out. So yeah. it's, we can talk street or whatever, and then Joe hits with some zingers, uh... You're so stupid, you don't know how to spell IQ. That's that's a goal. That's goal. Right that's there. a good one. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is, and you're so spoiled, if you were a milk carton, the date would read BC. I actually like that one. I love that one. That one's, uh, I mean, it, it, this was like, was this before your mom was so fat? Because those were the days. I think so. I yeah. really enjoyed a good your mom was so fat. Too. Yeah. And I feel like, because I always equate those with um, Damon Wayans. Mm. He did a lot of that in his stand-up yeah. in mm. the in his early early stand-up career, which would have been the late '80s. Um, when your mama played hopscotch, it was like 
Oregon, Idaho, California. <laughs> history. Yo, mama. And the history a picture of your mother right there. The history, very history of your. Hey, shut up. <laughs> I, would, that, I love my mama. Oh, boom. In 1993, in living color. So Damon Wayans, as one of the Wayans brothers, one episode featured a game called The Dirty Dozens uh, had the same style as Concentration and Jeopardy. And uh, yo mama's so fat, they had to baptize her at SeaWorld. You got to laugh at that. I mean, I feel like we live at a time where those aren't funny anymore, unfortunately. Like, you can't... Yeah, well, I think it's it's offensive to people of the... Uh, Plus-sized community. Well, it, I mean, but that's the that's the sad thing is that nobody can take a joke, even if it's as funny as getting baptized at SeaWorld. I mean, that's funny. yeah, yeah. But uh, looking this up right now, it seems that 1993. So the the uh, pop culture emergence of the Yo Mama joke didn't happen until the 90s. So this definitely precedes well, that. Then, yeah, it was it was um, my childhood then. Yeah. So, um, have you seen my childhood? Sorry, it comes out sometimes. Uh, oh, there it is. <laughs> so, the um, Blair's return zinger to Joe is turn blue. And we use that twice in the show. Is, is the joke that, that it doesn't make any sense because it didn't make sense to me? I, I think, unless turning blue means suffocate, like, like suffoc- hold your breath it's, until you die. Yeah, blue. hold your breath until you die type of a thing. But it's, there is a very rich person vibe about that. Turn blue. Right. Because. Abba dee, abba die. Because <laughs> it's not go fuck yourself. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. I think it works. I, mean, I think it does. Nothing... And the fact that it's called back, because it gets kind of a <laughs> the first time, but when it comes, when they right, do the callback, it, it works. Yeah. Um, so then we end up, next scene, uh, oh, oh, so they leave, and Blair is like, Joe, would you help me with the luggage? And Joe says, sure. She grabs one of the bags, throws it over Blair's head. It ends up messing up her hair and the strap across her face. Hilarious. And it seemed like one of the actresses was breaking character and was laughing at this. Is, yeah, is that's this... a really genuine wow. That's a, Yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. genuine break of character. Yeah, yeah. Natalie laughs, and they kept it in because it was that was a very real moment. But right. Yeah, that's... Because that wasn't fake. Yeah, that, that was acting. Mindy Cohn laughing. That yeah. was not Natalie yeah. laughing. I didn't even see that because I was too busy. It is funny how the strap right. did land across her face. So that was clearly a happy accident. And and now we go from there to a coffee shop. And uh, we were doing a little research beforehand where I pulled up last week's episode, which also took place primarily in a coffee shop. And it is astounding how this coffee shop is located in Grand Central Station. They say that explicitly. Ah. And you can see when the door opens that it's like a sub, you can see like the subway stripe on the, you can see tile. Mm -hmm. So we are, this is the shop in the station. It must be a part of a chain. Right, obviously. Because because they have the identical arched coffee shop Mm -hmm. on the window. Yeah. And the same neon coffee shop on the other side of the door. Because mm-hmm. if you're not sure from this side if it's coffee shop, we got to tell you on this side, it's coffee shop. In case you didn't know. Yeah. By using your eyes. Yeah. Funny jokes. Joe, I'll have a cherry Coke. J- Blair, I'll have the same. In a clean glass. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> and I loved how overly New York the uh, the waiter was, too. Oh, yeah. He looked like Mario Cantone, didn't yeah. he? Like I, a tall... He- it's just yeah. I mean, we had that. Hey, you want to have a cherry coke or what? <laughs> and I was and I was like, you know, top 
gun. Yeah. Yo, forget about it. Bada boom, bada boom. (laughs) That's a spicy meatball. Yeah, I was like, you're hired, sir. Yeah, Yeah, in in Los Angeles, they're like, oh, that is the best... That's the that, best. That is what we were thinking about. We were thinking we needed we, strong. New we York. needed someone to do a really authentic New York accent. Right. And he came. He just he hit it out of the park, really. So what happens in the coffee shop is right. let's just give let's just get the long and short of it is Blair and Joe show up. Right. And then their friends show up to meet them. Blair is met by her friend Dina. Dina Becker. Mm. Dina Becker is. A rich, bitchy, spoiled, entitled, bad person. Stop talking about me that way. Yeah. (laughs) But the other thing, too, is that my favorite thing is it seemed like the director said, hey, when you enter the scene, um, I want you to to look around for your friends. And I love how young actresses, sometimes when they walk into a scene where they're looking for something, they look up. Oh, the ceiling. Oh my God! And I and I was like, Did she? I didn't your, notice is your friend, her. Doing is your friend that. on the ceiling? It's fine. Yeah, uh, no big deal. But what what am I? I don't. I you know I don't have a degree yeah. in theater. Or anything. But no, I've I've seen that that, that happens on stage mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, where it's okay. You or this is now. Remember, feel this is your first time occupying this space. What would you do if this were your first time walking? Right. And so if you walk in. Because every time I walk into a room, I make sure to check every. Corner. I look the corner of the ceiling, the right. corner of the ceiling. Yeah, that right. is such right. a an amateur. Mistake that's sadly yeah. all too common. Coming from professional Orlando artists. Yeah, damn. You heard it here. Fucking straight fucking here. First. Dina is a stuck-up, spoiled bitch, and she's about to get way worse. Right. And then Joe's friend Jesse shows up. Jesse is uh, doesn't even get a last name in this episode. I did look it up on IMDb. No last so, name. So, uh, question is 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 Joe? Uh, I, I, since I'm this is my first time on the on the show. Yes. Is Joe gay? No. But people have talked about her being a lesbian, right? Um, every minute of every day okay, since good. her Okay, good. Okay, because yeah. I, I, I was like, am, <laughs> am I the only person to discover this? No, you are. Because the, the sexual tension between Joe and her best friend was palpable. Oh, did you think, really, there was there was something, like they were exes? Well, they had, that, they had that huge argument, and, yeah. then, she, and then her, her friend storms out, yeah. and then she comes back, and I swore to God, I thought they were going to kiss. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was the first time I that I got excited. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> wow. That okay. and the ski poles moment. You, you see what you look for. Mm-hmm. But um, the thing is, we meet Jesse. Now, just to sort of make it very clear, Dina has very long, perfectly styled hair. Dina's wearing a fur coat. Which always means rich. Uh, of course. And then TV she says land. to Blair, is that all your luggage? And Blair says, I didn't have time to pack everything. The hint was she didn't pack enough because she's rich. Yeah, exactly. Right? She should have more bags. Now, Jesse is wearing jeans and a leather coat, which right. offsets Joe's uh, dark pea coat perfectly. Because they... she's like a greaser from the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> we we joke about... Well, it's Pony Boy. Hey, <laughs> We, we, sometimes I'll start doing Joe like this. And, yeah. And Matthew Arter's like, when did she join Shanana? <laughs> well, and also, I kept I kept writing notes about her New York accent, which yeah. I you don't like had her? a problem with. You didn't, you didn't like I mean, Joe's? I, You're not keep, the first, but I, Nancy McKean is such a good actress. I forgive her everything for the rest of her life. Well, I mean, she seems like a perfect—she looks like Soleil Moonfry, and that's all that matters. To me. So we have, a, we have a very weird moment, and it starts here, where a group of Asian men 
Oh. Bump into Joe and Jesse, and Joe's and Jesse is like, "Hey, fuck you, you fucking fuck fucks." Well, she said boat people. Did what she, she say? Boat? She literally called them boat people. And then it you was know, the like, fresh off the boat. That's fresh off the boat. Yeah. Right, right, and right. then later she's like, "Hey, chill out." And she's like, "You can't go anywhere." Oh, and the funny thing is, they bump in her and she talks to them. They kind of do the bowing thing, so right. they kind of have that Japanese businessman right. type of thing. I'm sure is, they weren't even Japanese. I'm sure they were all probably Taiwanese or something, but or actors, Korean or right, or Vietnamese or whatever. You know, but Hollywood yeah. only hired Asians. Yeah. But she even says, "God, you can't walk. You can't go anywhere in this city without running into the cast of Shogun." Oh, right. That's what she says. Yes. So it's just like, oh, okay, we're a little bit of a racist here. Well, good to know. Another uh, sign of the times where you, you, I don't think, even if we were showing somebody being racist, that we could say boat people. Yeah. Because that's, I, I was shocked. Can we, can you still, I mean, I don't, who says boat people anymore? I, I don't, I'm not really familiar. When you say it immediately, I think, oh, you must be referring to fresh off the well, boat. Well, because not, it's not a term I ever would have used, but now I know I definitely will never use yeah, it. Yeah, make sure you just don't use it's it. A, it's a, apparently a bad word. And surprisingly, Blair is the one that says, what are you guys talking about? This is New York City. It's a melting pot, she yeah. actually says. Yeah, the, the, um, uh, the uppity white woman is the one who gets everybody together. Uh, yeah. And says, hey, don't be which, so racist. Yeah. which Don't is, be like me. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> don't be racist, because I could buy and sell all of you. Right. Don't be and racist, you lesbian. <laughs> so what ends up happening is the four of them begin sparring back and forth. Somehow they get sniping at each other. They call one of they call the rich girls Barbie doll. They Blair or one of the others refers to Joe and Jesse as the sweat hogs. I was I, I was literally going to ask that. I have I have in parentheses sweat hogs. Do you not know what the sweat hogs are? No, what is that? That's Welcome Back Cotter. Oh, the I mean, class. I know, once again, another one of those I know of the show, but yeah. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Welcome Back Cotter was essentially a show about a teacher with a group of misfits mm. in oh, his okay. class. That's what John Travolta was oh, on it. And that so was... what about, remember, um, remember Head of the Class? Remember yeah. That show? It's kind of like the earlier version. And The Facts of Life was initially conceived as being a female Welcome Back Cotter, as being a school-based, oh. but girls. So because just a bunch of misfit girls. Misfit girls are, yeah, a school-based mm, girl show. Island of misfit girls. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, I have that movie I'm at home. I'm Mrs. Garrett, and I'm so happy to see you here. <laughs> um, and at one point, they say, uh, the little, the Jesse says, in your ear. I heard rear at first. In your, no. <laughs> and I was like, in your ear. I was like, ear. oh, she's definitely lesbian now. Yeah. Yeah, oh, Grease Monkey. They call each other this Grease Monkey. And then she says, in your ear. And then Dina, Blair's friend, looks at her and says, turn blue. And there it is again. Callback. Right. There they, it is. They brought, they brought that joke back. And it worked. It's the rule of two. Yeah. The, <laughs> the comedy in my, rule of two. Back, back in my comedy days, I'm pretty yeah. sure rule of two is a yeah. thing. Yeah, the comedy rule of twos. Mm-hmm. Well, well, it's a callback. I think you can... You can right. justify it as a callback. Mm-hmm. Callback, you don't need to have The audience goes, oh, I remember that. Yeah. God that was, ha, 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 that's a thing I heard. I've heard that twice now, yep. sir. So then from this scene, the girls go off to do their respective week ending. And, uh, oh, and, and this is the end of the act. We're at the end of the act. Well, and they, that's the thing is this episode was so fast. It went by really fast. Well, it's like, it's like opening with the skiing, hand jobs. <laughs> and jumping, jumping to the coffee shop, 
uh, where they get the diet cokes, and yeah. then it's it's making the tuna salad, uh, 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 making not sure defacing the mural, not defacing the mural, and then. Oh, I missed you. We have a lot more in common than we thought. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. yeah, but yeah. it goes. It it does cover it. a lot of ground. So if I do the if I do the TV guide thing again, that's all the way I'm gonna describe the show. Your, your TV guide thing was lovely. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, we're at the break for the commercial, so Logan, you know this is the time when I like to get to know my guests. Sure. And uh, do I have to take my shirt off? And that is a requirement. Okay, good. To start. <laughs> See, this is a podcast, so my shirt's already off. Yeah, <laughs> I do all my podcasts in the nude. Matthew, Matthew will go. David, put your pants on. It's like <laughs> stop. But um, so I would like speaking of TV Guide mm. uh, synopses and uh, breaking down. I would like for you to tell me, please, just very quickly, a little getting to know you thing. Uh, Logan, where were you born? I was born in Bellevue, Washington. And where did you grow up? Uh, in Bellevue, Washington, which is uh, just outside of Seattle. Okay, so yeah. you're a Pacific Northwesterner. I, I, believe I is am. What we call you. So I'm a vampire. <laughs> um, that explains yeah, the very pale I skin. Have zero melanin. <laughs> and, and in the sunlight, he glitters like diamonds. <laughs> I glitter like diamonds. <laughs> what are you? I'm not a vampire. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, I'm a vampire musical theater. Um, musical actor. theater aficionado. Mm-hmm. As uh, now, let's talk about. Uh, what did, where did you study to be an actor performer? Um, so I, I grew up doing theater in the Seattle area. Okay. Um, I, I, um, did theater with, uh, so a little known person named Megan Hilty. She's done some Broadway Megan shows. Megan Hilty. Whatever happened to her? Uh, well, she, she's apparently doing some Lifetime movie. Yeah. And she's, I, I don't know. But, no. so we grew up doing theater together. Oh. Are you still friends with her or? Um, I, I think we had a really awkward breakup in high school. It was, <gasps> oh, one, of those, it was one of those breakups. Where you was dated like, her. Oh. Like, Don't break up with me. Why? <laughs> um, she, she said that to you. No, I said that to her, unfortunately, because okay. wow. I think even then I had it. You're going to be on the TV show Smash, <laughs> which is going to be a horrible show, but you're still going to come out of it with your dignity intact, and I want to ride your celebrity coattails. You're going to be huge, and by huge, I mean some people will know you and some people won't. <laughs> um, but You're going to have a supporting part on the ill-timed Sean <laughs> Hayes sitcom that doesn't last because... Your adversarial relationship with Linda Levin makes absolutely no sense. Now, that's a TV guide uh, description of a good show. Yeah. That's good. Um, Mm -hmm. But then uh, I went to the Boston Conservatory. Okay. Um, And that is located in? In um, L.A. Mm -hmm. The L.A. Boston, California. Boston, (laughs) California. And actually, let me. Okay, you're gonna since the, you're since you went you're, to the L.A. chapter of the Boston Conservatory. Since you're from um, not from Massachusetts, yep, south of Boston, um, yeah. Hawaii. You're gonna you're gonna hear the worst thing I've ever uttered to anybody. I'm telling. I'm saying this to, it. to all fives of your listeners. Yes, please. That when I was accepted into the Boston Conservatory, I went to my brother and I said, um, uh, "Well, I'm moving to uh, New England," and he uh-huh. was like, "He's like, yeah," and I was like, "Well, I was like, where?" You know, I mean, like, what's the capital of New England? <laughs> and he's like, New England's not a state, you idiot. It's not. <laughs> you I was like, New England was a state. Yeah, because I, I think. I, well, it's also funny because it's like, in my defense, there is a ton of people that have no idea <laughs> that the West Coast is just only three states. Okay, I, and, I guess. And I mean, like, I, the, and the I Northeast that, is but... like a big jumble of, of baby states. 
Yeah. I mean, I know that they were like the 13 original colonies, but yeah, like, yeah. You're and just that's still, not you're, New you're England. Just, you're, yeah. you're a jumble of baby states. Yeah. So just admit it. <laughs> yeah. And, and also in your defense, you're pretty. And in my defense, yeah. I'm stupid. Yeah. So... <laughs> So you went to Boston Conservatory, and uh, what did what did you uh, come out of that with? What I um, I got a degree in musical theater. Okay, that a exists. Bachelor's, a bachelor's, bachelor's in mm-hmm. musical theater. Yeah. Um, now, for those who cannot see you but are listening, right? You are the uh, you are six foot three or six foot four? Did you say four? Six, six foot four. Mm-hmm. You are uh, you have dark hair. Yes. Brown eyes. Mm-hmm. You are very tall. You are handsome. You are well built, and you have a beautiful, rich baritone voice. Sometimes. So, uh, all the rest of us hate you. I just Thank want you. you to realize that you are the archetype of the leading man with a capital L M. Thank you. As far as that's how you would cast, you wouldn't say. Uh, we got this nebbish little weird guy who's going to come right. s- snaking his way in and say a couple of funny lines. It's like, you don't go to you. Don't yeah. go to you. You're like, we need the... Have you ever played Trevor Graydon in Millie? Uh, no, but I do want to do that show. That would be... That, that is like the role I instantaneously put you in. Yeah. Is you are, you're kind of like a Cheyenne Jackson type. Well, really. he, who I know from Seattle. He and I worked at the same theaters back then. Shut up. Yeah. Well, I mean, I how, wasn't how like friends with them. I just we just worked at the same theaters. Yeah. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And well, well literally, because it's like you wouldn't work together because you guys are a redundancy. You're the same. Well, and that's you know it's funny. Um, in Seattle, which is a great theater town. Yeah. Um, I worked at a lot at the Fifth Avenue Theater, which started like Hairspray. And, oh yeah. And, um, Aladdin and Catch Me If You Can, but, but mm-hmm. how um, now, Dow Jones? Right, yes, that one, <laughs> the very well known. Um, uh, and um, but in Seattle, there's only like six leading men. Oh, okay. And the, the, so there's there's literally only a handful of us. And Cheyenne was one of them, and mm-hmm. he started working at the Fifth Avenue, and then he moved to New York, and now he's famous. Uh-huh. Um, but the whole reason I left Seattle was for that reason: is that since there's only six of us. You, yeah. That we're always competing for the same jobs. Yeah. And and it, it just becomes ugly where you're only doing one show a year. And yeah. so and I, you're like, so I'm going to go to New York City where there's much less competition. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to New York City. <laughs> and then I'm going to get hired for Walt Disney World. And I'm going to move there for the rest of my life. Is that is that what your Kinda. your journey was? Did you Kinda. move to New York City to try? Uh, I did move to New York City to, to try to do the thing. And okay. uh, I did a couple little things. And I, yeah. and I say I worked on Broadway Westchester Broadway Theater. Okay. So I yes, and um, yeah, and and then uh, like I. How long were you up there doing that and making about, a living? About two years, and then. And did uh, you make a living as a performer? Did you have to? Wait I did tables? a little bit, but uh, oh yes, I waited lots of tables. Okay. Um, I was a bartender as well. Mm-hmm. I, I ruined my liver living in New York City. Ah, girl. Yeah, and uh, and then uh, this little company called Walt Disney. World Walt, was Walt what again? Di- Disney something or Walt other. Disney. Okay. Was, yes, I believe uh, I have heard of them. And sometimes they do auditions in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And they were auditioning for a, a show, Beauty and the Something or Weather. Yeah. And uh, and then here I am. Yes, there and you are. Is, we have an actor in Orlando who works at, at Finding Nemo the musical, mm-hmm. which I also do. And. We were doing a gig together, and I was like, "Hey, you live in New York too? What? Like, what? Tell me some of the stuff you've done." And he's uh, an original cast of 
Beauty and the Beast. And yeah. <laughs> I, was, uh, like, I was Chris and Miss Saigon and Phantom and Phantom of the... I was like, oh, so not very much. N- no. Not all the roles I've ever wanted to play on Broadway, but it's nice to see you. I'm glad you're working at yeah. Finding Nemo, the yeah, musical. I'm glad you're getting the shifts that I need. To- right. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're just working at Disney World now. Yeah. Let so if you me... ever wonder about the talent that works at Walt Disney World, that's the kind of talent we have. Yeah. Oh, no, we do. We have people from all walks. So talking about the the leading man type, mm. the the tall, dark, handsome baritone. Right. Well, there is a certain role in a certain, in that said, in there's a certain role in that said show of Gaston. And right. you have been very good friends with Gaston for how long now? Uh, just over four years. Four years. Yeah, wow. so you could say we've been pretty close, him and very, I. Very, very yeah, close. Yeah. And you are also in Finding Nemo, the musical. Right. Along, alongside friend of the podcast, Paul Padilla. Mm, yes, that's true. Well, you know, it's also funny is I sometimes also work in the Green Army. Mm-hmm. Where I've met some real hacks in the acting in the business. Green Army, you've been you've been friends with Sarge, I believe. Yeah, and you know what? I sometimes I I want to say large and in charge, like Sarge, who's roughly the size of a barge. Oh, see how I just nice. uh, tie all those things together. That is beautiful. But so I'm, that's uh, your your whole career, your whole. Uh, your entire that's my whole Disney, Disney career, career wrapped up into in one, one thing. phrase. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I don't know. Finding Nemo wasn't wasn't in there, but it's fine. Yeah, we'll we'll figure something. Yeah, out I'll there. cut that part. Hey, you can't again, ladies and gentlemen. He's pretty. Thank you. <laughs> my mom thinks so. So well, good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's come back from our commercial now, and coming back from the commercial. We essentially have three scenes. And you know what? Let's just, let's get to the long and short of it. First, we have a scene in a very swanky, upscale 1980s kitchen. I feel like there is somebody out there who would look at that set and say, oh my God, that's the kitchen from XYZ show. You know what I thought it was? I thought it was from the Carousel of Progress. Oh, (laughs) so if there's any, if there's any Disney fans out there, Um, there's probably a couple. It, it looked a little too 80s. Even the Carousel of Progress doesn't it get much past big, the 70s. Bright, beautiful tomorrow. <laughs> so this kitchen, um, we come in and Blair and Dina are there. And uh, Dina is pissed because Hildy, her maid, has apparently taken off for the afternoon because she had some problem with her teeth. That bitch. And so the long and short of it is they have friends coming over and she's like, what the fuck are we going to do? And Blair says, we can make some food. And and Dina is literally like, Dina acts like she has never, ever been in the kitchen. Which is funny because the, at least from that set, the kitchen seems like her entire house. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. We don't see any other part of it. Yeah, we don't see it. I, I was thinking that the whole time. I was like... For somebody who's never been in the kitchen, I feel like you live in the kitchen. Uh, yeah. You you knew what... Re- she wasn't looking around like, what is this weird box that gets yeah, hot? She wasn't looking around like her entrance in the last scene. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, Blair is like, what? We'll just make them something. It was right. kind of nice in that as we are quickly locking into what the show is about, it's about the evolution of our characters. Oh. And Blair very quickly is like, we can make them something. And she's like, what do you mean make? The, what, what is this word? We can make. pull tuna out of a can. We can pull tuna out of a can. And mix so it with mayo. Blair takes a, can, a gigantic can of tuna fish, puts it in one of those. Um, it's the size of a... Uh, what is it the size a of? A barge. What is the, 
a bart. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yeah. Hey, yo. Oh. And she uses one of those electric can openers. Yeah. That from beautifully from the 70s and the 80s, mm-hmm. we totally had one. Right. Opens it up, dumps the can, the can of tuna into the bowl. And Dina is acting like Blair is splitting an atom. Mm-hmm. And then Blair grabs the mayonnaise jar and does a very funny thing where she just takes it and just shakes the mayonnaise out and just lets it pour and glop into the yeah, bowl. Yeah, she was definitely shaking that mayo out. And, uh, and I mean that in the dirtiest <laughs> way possible. <laughs> Gotta shake that mayo, baby. And But the thing is, honestly, if it was that size of a can of tuna, that's about how much mayonnaise I would probably put. I like me my, my so mayo. So do, ha- do you have no arteries anymore? Um, I... You like? I I don't go to the doctor anymore for fear of what I might <laughs> for learn. Fear of death. Yes, sir. So, you are a walking tumor. <laughs> so Blair is making this stuff, and she explains to Dina that I've been working in the kitchen. I I know how to. This is not a big deal. Why is this such a big fucking deal to you? And Dina's like, "You work in the kitchen. You know how to uncan tuna fish. Wow." I don't know what that school is having happen. That school is going downhill. I saw your friend, that riffraff they're letting in. And Blair is all, the school is fine. I think you're just a cunt. That was actually in the show. Wow. How they got that past standards and practices, I'll never know. I don't don't understand how they actually... Let that go. And then Hildy comes back and she's like, Hildy, why did you leave? And how could you put me in this? And you had me worried. And Hildy was like, the food's already. I was having an abortion. (laughs) (laughs) Which was also in the show randomly. (laughs) I got back as fast as I could. (laughs) You don't know how long an abortion takes nowadays. This show is about issues. And that's another issue. Yeah. This is my fact of life. (laughs) And then I had to put my father into a nursing home. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, but, she, but Hildy is calm and clearly used to being abused like this. And she's like, but it's already, it's in the fridge. I took care of everything. And the fetus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I quit. Go ahead. One more time. And then, um, and then Blair, as she leaves, Blair says, well, is your tooth okay? And she right. says, ask my dentist. He's the one that's got it. That was a zinger. Great line. Right. That was Eve Arden couldn't have delivered mm-hmm. that one. Yeah, better. right. But the thing is, um, and then Dina takes that as nothing less than a declaration of war. Right. How dare you take her side? And the best part is she did that classic actory thing where... Dina's she, awful. She gave, a one, awful. she gave a one-liner and walked three steps to the right with her back turned. Yeah. I'm walking. I'm, I'm walking down camera left. Right, and I'm gonna turn my shoulder to you. Yeah. So you're looking at the back of my head. Yeah, and and Dina not and she everything she's saying is punctuated like this. What do you mean you cook food at that school? With she's cans not. of tuna, you dirty <laughs> whore. It's a, it's like uh, I went to the William Shatner School of Acting. Yeah, I think pauses. that was the only school of acting in the late seventies. It was bad. Anyhow. Um, as she is once again ratting out, uh, uh, dissing the school, Eastland mm. School, Blair comes back, and what is Blair's retort that ends the scene? <laughs> Dina, in your ear. Yeah. Ba-bam! You crushed her! <laughs> I was assuming it was going to be, go fuck yourself. Uh, yeah, well... But I was like, in your ear, that's that's a that's a close runner-up. As runner we said up. earlier, that's the Network yeah. 1982 equivalent mm-hmm. of go fuck yourself. Of, of in your ear, yeah. 
So then from there, we go to a community recreation center, a community rec room rec center. Right. And uh, Joe and Jesse are playing foosball. I also love that there was no sound of a ball. Did you notice that? They were, they were really going the... at that foos. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, was doesn't like... foosball usually include a ball? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hey, it's acting. It's fine. Yeah. So at this community rec room, we've got a couple of old guys playing checkers. We got a couple of old ladies doing a puzzle or something. And we also have a pastry machine. The same oh, pastry right. machine from the parlor at Eastland School. Well, when I first saw I thought it was a cigarette machine. And I cuz I was like I forgot about Get cigarette out machines. of my brain. Mm-hmm. Get out of my brain. Yeah. Cuz you know, you're since you're from Massachusetts, um, one of my first jobs in Boston was working uh-huh. at Jillian's, which was right behind Fenway Park. Okay, sure. And uh, this was when smoking was still legal. Oh, fuck yeah. So, yeah, we had lots of cigarette machines. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I always joke, I've joked about that many times in the show about at, the, at this girl's school in the parlor having to be a cigarette machine. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. to buy cigarettes. But it is a pastry machine, but it looks like it's from the 60s. And... I mean, it is astounding how it's like, really? You couldn't have come up with what happened to the candy? They one episode made it a candy machine because they had a character of a boy that changed that that filled the candy machine. It's like you couldn't have pulled out the candy facade. Well, but that's what I was going to ask: is that pastry machine? Like, like, is that a candy machine that sells pastries? Like, is it like do donuts come out of this like, machine? Like, da- like Danish in a wrapper kind of. Or are a thing? they like little Debbies? Um, maybe that's it. Maybe it's like they're Twinkies and little Debbies. It's mm. hard to tell. Would you call me? <laughs> you are not a twink, darling. No, too. Yeah. No, you'd be more of a daddy, I think. Oh, well, you should see me when I don't dye my hair. Oh, wow. Yeah, silver if you, fox. If you grew the beard, mm, I can yeah. only grow a goatee. I look more like a baseball player. Oh, curious. Yeah, I wish I could grow Interesting. a beard, but I don't have well, enough testosterone. Again, we can we can explore and do a lot of trial and error if That's you fine. need to learn more things about yourself. Why are all these podcasts? I'm naked in all these podcasts. It's crazy. That's good. At least I put a tea towel down on the seat. Mm. Um, so then as the scene progresses, we witness Jesse being 10 times worse a human being than Dina was in the previous yeah, scene. Yeah, so we thought Dina was a real bitch because of the whole tuna thing. Uh, yeah, Dina was. Dina's fault is her snobbishness and her classist she doesn't, attitudes. She doesn't know how to treat her indentured servants. Her, her, the hired help, as it right. were. And... Um, but then we come over to this and uh, we get into Dina. First of all, the old guys drop the checkers and say, hey, will you pick that up? And she's like, fuck off, you old fucking fucks. Well, I was like, what did like an old person like rub her the wrong way as she grew up? Like, do New Yorkers not like old people? Well, well I mean, uh, you know. I mean, who does? Nobody likes old nobody people. Likes come old on. People. <laughs> I'm old and I hate myself. Yeah, I hate myself on the daily. <laughs> But she talks about that they're they're she alludes to the fact that ah they're the ones that are always calling the cops on us meaning oh, they're the ones that's why it's kind of like nah I don't help them they don't help us kind of a thing right but we share this rec center together yeah but then we get to her commenting on a, a new mural you can see they're just finishing there's still some paints on the side right. that they're in the process of painting and she says um uh those uh, everywhere you go you you may as well be doing a conga dance. But then she stepped on the other girl's line about it's better than disco. Oh, I didn't hear that line either. It's exactly, because because it was almost like the people laughed at the racist joke and not the music joke. Yeah, they should have been a yeah because Joe is kind of coming back at her. Right. She says, "Congress says, well, it's better than disco." And then she's like, "Yeah, well, pfft, 
around this place, you may, you've got to learn to speak Spanish. It's the only language you hear anymore. And Joe says, so what's wrong with hearing different languages and different cultures? And then, um, then Jesse really pushes back and is like, come on, those people are taking over. And she says, I got an idea. And she happens to have a can of spray paint in her jacket, like you Don't do. Don't we all? Yeah. And she says that she's going to, and she goes to spray paint on the mural to deface this mural. And Joe says, don't do it. And she comes back with, hey. And Joe's like, it's nice. She's like, you don't know. You're not here anymore. You don't know what this place is turning into kind of a thing. Right. And, and then they, Joe stabbed her to death. Stabs her. <laughs> and I was like. What kind of show is yeah. this, David? He <laughs> said so this was a normal... And then the old men helped her bury the body and knew to put <laughs> lye on it so that... Right. Lime on it so that it wouldn't smell and, yeah. it, and the dogs and wouldn't it, find and it. Then, um, and then they cha-cha'd their way out of there. It, it was really funny. What and an Mrs. episode. Mrs. Garrett joined and led the conga line. <laughs> As she skied la, down la, the mountain. La, 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 la. Wow. What an episode this was. Wow, yeah. Of racial tension and class. Uh... Yeah. But the words that Dina says after Joe literally wrestles the paint can away from her to keep her from spraying it, Dina says, uh, you can take their side, you can sing La Cucaracha with them, but not with me. <laughs> and then she leaves. And then there's this moment where everybody lo is looking at them because they've just made a scene in this neighborhood recreation right. center and then jesse comes back with kind of like a you know we got to get going kind of a well and that was like a, a and that's where i swear that they were gonna have a kiss you were you thought because i was, was i was oh, like it's a lover's quarrel i was like oh they're fine now yeah if matthew arter were here he would be playing my my diesel horn hog <laughs> he would be he would be tooting that thing all over this scene um, is that is that is the honk a term for lesbian it's no diesel diesel dyke oh so then the girls leave they're like so it's like okay well i guess it's a i guess it's agree to disagree and then the girls uh, joe and jesse leave and the last there's this moment where joe kind of looks back and slowly you know pensively like it's kind of like that this is my neighborhood but do I really belong here anymore? Do I still even belong? Yeah. And, oh, and then as the doors close, you can see the super thin warpity plexiglass wobble. Oh. It's it's like, hey, we're pretending to be glass, and you'll totally <laughs> believe that, won't you? But I also love that um, the guy who goes to take over the foosball table um, looks like he's straight out of the, um, the bad video from Michael Jackson. Oh. <laughs> like, I feel like he was shooting that next door. Yeah. And they're like... We need one more street-looking yeah. guy. Hey, go get him. Yeah. Go get him. Yeah, he'd just been dancing all day. Yeah, he was tired. Yeah. yeah. Who's was... bad? So then we go back to the coffee shop. And we bad. have one final moment with the with the waiter who is magnificent. He's back again. He's back again. Blair shows up and Joe says, hey, I told you 315, you're late. And the, the guy, the Mario Cantone guy shows up and says, hey, your friend showed up. See, you didn't have to worry. And, and that's Blair, when we knew. And Blair turns and says... You were worried about me? And Joe says, I wasn't worried. And she shoots him a death glance. Yeah. That is hilarious. And yeah. the audience totally eats it up. And he and he does kind of a... Oh, you know, I'm sorry. Oh, boy. Forget about it. Oh, come on. Meatball and pasta. The meatball and pasta. Come on. I'm sorry. Make you an offer wow. you can't refuse.
So then um, what we end with with is the two of them are back together now. And there's kind of a, how was your weekend? Um, it was it was good. It was it cool. It was just filled with mild racism. <laughs> how was yours? Classism. That was yeah, mine. A little bit of um, a clash of classes. Clash of classes. And um, uh, it, one of the funniest lines in the whole episode, Blair says, so uh, did you enjoy the time with your friend? What was her name? Rocky? Oh. <laughs> And you realize, you know, Rocky was, what, 76, 77? Well, I think Rocky Four was already coming. Like, I mean, yeah, I we think were already into in... the Rocky frame, but it yeah, was that right. popular. I mm-hmm. mean, that was hilarious, too. Right. You know, again, lesbian reference number 74. Right. Now, get and... more on the lesbian train. Yep. <laughs> so it was just kind of like, so, you know, how, were th- how was your neighborhood? And Joe says kind of, oh, it's the same. It hasn't changed much. <laughs> and Saw a guy die today. <laughs> No big whoop. Yeah. Choked him to death with my bare hands. Mm. Yeah. But and I got a quarter. Just, and then there's just the moment where they just kind of look at each other pensively. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I guess we better get going. Yeah. So We got a train to catch. Yeah. So they get up and they leave. And again, these sort of theatrical endings that they've been doing where they get up and Blair starts fumbling with all of her. She has more bags now. Yeah, she said. She she said if there's anything cute left in Manhattan, it's not my fault. Right, just cute. Because she and then shopped a lot. Because she's a shop. Because she's rich. Because she's, um, yeah. In case white. you didn't know, um, so she starts fumbling with her bags, and then Joe, without saying anything, whatever, Joe just reaches down and grabs and takes one of her bags, and there's this look exchanged like, we're friends again, and we now understand more of who we are and. How we've rubbed off on each other. Because that's the facts of life. And then they then they did that classic 80s freeze. Yeah, and then they, then they punched in the air yeah, while jumping. They, they punched and jumped at the same time. And they played the Eye of the Tiger, which it I was thought was weird. an odd choice. Yeah, really weird. Duran Duran. <laughs> I love to hate you. That's... <laughs> That's erasure, isn't it? Oh uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I get them, I get them all mixed up. <laughs> that is their anthem, though. That oh, really it is. is. But um, yeah. And so it's honestly, there's there's bad performances here. By the way, oh the girl that plays, uh, we didn't even talk about the actresses. And you know what? Fuck it. We're not gonna tough. So we are at the end of the episode. We wow. did it. Can you think of a commercial from the time or from your childhood that pops to mind? A favorite commercial that might be of interest to I, my fives of listeners. I think. Was it Imperial Butter that did the and, and like and every time they would like they would put the butter on something they'd get the crown. Bing! The crown would appear. Yeah. Absolutely, Imperial Margarine. Yeah. It's not. Butter. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I can't believe it's not butter. Butter. <laughs> that's that's parquet. parquet. Um, oh yeah, <clears throat> that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no Imperial Margarine. Absolutely, that's mm-hmm. the thing where they go to eat the piece of toast with butter on it, and bing! There's yeah. a crown in their head. Yeah. Or speaking of of toast. And butter. Remember the? I think this was the '90s, though. Right? Was the um, the Tom or no? Who has the the English muffins? And they go, it makes my mouth water. It must be Thomas's English little, muffins. Little, I don't remember that. Child, you go. It tastes like it's got butter inside. I didn't. I don't know this. It makes my mouth water. I have to find this now. Uh, yeah, I think it might be '90s though. Okay, that's why it's a little after my time. Yeah, but I wasn't but watching. The, uh, but apparently, I like commercials <clears throat> that involve butter. Wow. Yeah. All right. And speaking of butter, 
we have some uh, toast, some bagels, and some fruit and uh, coffee. We were having a little sort of a continental breakfast. And I appreciate it because it's only 7 p.m. Yeah. Well, you were supposed to be here earlier. Yeah, but, but um, work. Yeah, I had important things. Work to do. beckoned. That's the yeah. work comes before all. Yeah. That is the, the life five of dozen the. Five eggs beckons. <laughs> but that's it. Work. If I I say to all of my guests, it's like if work calls you in at the last minute. You know you can cancel with me. I get yeah. it because we just we just got to make a living and when the mouse you, gets it first. When you when you get an offer, if you don't have a full time contract, you when they go when they come a call in, you 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 answer. Well, I appreciate the 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 tens of dollars that I got for being on your podcast. Yes, Thank true. You. When I monetize this baby, look out to the moon. Yeah, look out. Yes. So Logan Benedict, please come back soon. I will. I live, As you I said earlier, you have no excuse. You live nearby, mm-hmm. so you can absolutely you can do just, that. Just uh, put a microphone through my window. And uh, as I'm already sitting outside in the bushes outside your bedroom, that's going to be I very knew, convenient. I knew that was you. Mm-hmm. It is. So until next time, my darling, bye. Thank you. And there you have it. That was Logan Benedict. Don't really have much to add to that show. Not really finding any points I didn't get to make. Uh, Check out the website. I'm going to post a few supplemental bits and pieces that might be of interest or diversion. And uh, that's about it. Logan was super fun, and I cannot wait to have him back. Next week, I'm going to be watching one of my favorites, actually. Season 3, Episode 20, Kids Can Be Cruel. And my special guest is going to be Paul Padilla. Yes, it's already this far into the season. I can't believe we weren't able to get him in here sooner, but we did manage to do it, and uh, I'm really thrilled. The show is actually going to be awesome. It's already recorded as I am recording this, and it's going to be really, really cool. So that's all. All I can say is what I say every week. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle Face the Facts Pod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. <laughs>